The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. Back in May 19th, yeah, May 19th, 2008, the Recruiters Lounge podcast for that day was entitled Podcast, How to Ruin Your Reputation with Email Templates. And this was the original description. Ask the headhunters, Nick Corcodilios has an axe to grind with the ladders, and ouch, was that blade sharp. Jim Stroud and Karen Madden debate how and when to use email templates when prospecting passive candidates. The lessons learned might save you from a PR nightmare like the one caused by Nick the Axe Grinder. <laughs> Plus, Jim takes a second to pump up his new book, Resume Forensics, which so happens to still be available on Amazon today. All right, uh, that is the description of the podcast as it aired back in May 19, 2008. And you will hear about it uh, right after this special message. The natural empathy that exists within a lot of HR professionals often means that they're putting their colleagues, employees, and organization ahead of themselves. However, you can't help someone with their oxygen mask when you can't breathe yourself. That's why we wanted to create a virtual summit experience where over 24 HR leaders would help you put yourself first. And on May the 19th, we'll be releasing all of that content for free for three days. Just head on over to hrvoicesummit.com and make sure to get your free pass. And if you choose to buy the content to keep forever, all profits go to the COVID-19 Response Fund charity. So sign up now to find out how to find your voice, get your seat at the table and have massive impact. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Mattinen. And welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here are these people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified, constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. With SGA Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA Executive Tracker Pro can dramatically shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Stroud said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product. And I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. And now, on with the show.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your host with the most, Jim Stroud, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Recruiter's Lounge. Sitting beside me, looking as lovely as she's ever going to get, Karen Mack. <laughs> oh, hi, Jim. How are you doing? I can't believe that. That's actually a compliment if you think about it. Yeah, I guess. Um, I get I get old, but it gets a little old, don't you think? Yeah, okay. I won't say it anymore. Oh, you will. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I sure will. But you will. That's okay. On the air anymore, I'll just say it in in in, in public. I mean, in person, in private, whatever I'm trying. Oh, you'll say it on the air. You'll never say it in private. Don't let them believe. Hey, people, he's uh, okay. he's uh, he really is okay. Uh, Would you quit lying to our audience, please? I think the audience knows knows me well enough now to know I am. Um, just kidding. Hey, guess what? I mean, I just noted today on your site that something big was happening. Yes, I'm quite proud of it. Um, you should be, man. I saw that. I was like, no wonder you haven't been talking to me a long time, man. I I've missed you. Well, I told you. I was kind of busy. Uh, let me tell people what we're talking about in case they're they're oblivious. Um, I recently released uh, Resume Forensics, which is uh, a book that teaches people how to use the Internet to find resumes and pass as candidates online. I'll show you how to use Yahoo, Google, and Live to find resumes. Uh, I'll show you how to automate some of that and a few other nice things that are in there. And um, I am blessed to say that a lot of people have found it interesting um, it is a free download, and you can get your, your free copy uh, while supplies last, so to speak, which is kind of funny since it's a digital product. Uh, <laughs> the address is therecruiterslounge.com slash RF. And I'll say it again, therecruiterslounge.com slash RF. And what I want you to do, if you download it, um, please fill out the survey. There's a link inside of it because that will help me make the next version of Resume Forensics, which will be coming out later this year, um, that much better for you. Now, is that R as RS as in Sam or RF as in Frank? That's RF as in Resume Forensics. Okay, now i got to tell you people, this book is really quite good, and it's really, really worth it. And i got to tell you, there's a, couple, uh, there's a company out there uh, I think really, really could use that. <laughs> Which company might that be, I ask, as if I don't know? Oh Well, there was a re- recent article that a friend of mine, uh, an acquaintance of mine, I should say, had written, and his name is Nick Corcadelius. Oh, that's the uh, Ask the Headhunter guy. He is an amazing guy. I mean, Great um, newsletter he puts out. Now, Nick, I hope you, I didn't butcher your name, but i got to tell you, when I read this, it was absolutely priceless. It was somewhat amusing and a little touchy, I guess, depending on if you work for that company or not. Well, let me explain this to some of the readers, and I'm going to go ahead by reading a simple letter that was that Nick received from this particular company called The Ladders, mm-hmm. okay? Hi, Nick. I'm a recruiter at theladders.com, and I'm working on many internal hires, and our company and business is growing quickly. Yes, it had exclamation marks. Yeah. In fact, I'm currently recruiting for a full-time staff resume writer position. Okay. Resume writer. Right, a resume writer. For Nick, this is for Nick. He is not a resume writer, okay, but yeah. go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, our resume services are a successful and growing line or sick our business, and we're at a point where we're looking to strengthen our team. Your name came up in a conversation as a talented resume writer who really knows the industry. Will you consider a full-time opportunity at theladders.com? 
have attached a copy of the job description. Let me know if this is an opportunity you'd be interested in. Thank you, name deleted, recruiter, theladders.com. Well, I'm glad he didn't mention that recruiter's name because that recruiter probably would be uh, in trouble. I don't well, think. I know, because, I mean, that's, okay, um, I, I'm serious, but I, I receive these from Google all the time. Yeah. Okay? I, I mean, I give them at least five or six times a year. Now, most people know that I don't like, I'm not a fan of Google. Mm, yeah, people who listen to this podcast probably know that. Now, like Nick says, okay, and now Nick himself, he's not a fan of, of job boards either, okay? But he makes a really good point in this aspect of regards to, I'm going to quote Nick, okay? Mm-hmm. He quoted Mark Senadella, which says in his one of his email updates to his clients, look, people, don't get to the 100,000-plus level by making rookie, rookie mistakes like this. Now, he's saying here, look, People are paying the ladders exclusive and premium services to help land a $100,000 job right. when the company recruits for its own positions by selling out a mass email to a person who doesn't even write resumes? I'm yeah. Here, by the way. That's kind of uh, – and, and, and again, uh, what Nick does, he has a, a newsletter called Ask the Headhunter, and you, can, and you email him for job hunting advice and career advice, and he gives you some really good, inter- really good information. Uh, based on that. I mean, and this is his his stuff is like on Forbes or Fortune, by the way. I mean, this guy is so well known for this. I mean, he has books and everything else. And, and he's he's noted not liking job boards and his places like the ladders. And like he said, too, if you're a company, would you even want to pay the employer? As an employer, would you want to even pay for somebody to trust them to recruit for you when you know that they are recruiting for their own selves like this? Yeah, I guess this point is you would think they would at least do a little bit of due diligence. But you know what? It, it's sort of a – I'm going to try to argue both sides of, of, the, of the fence here, okay? Okay, you're going to have to do a good job of this because I get really pissed off when I see an, a canned email from Google saying they saw my resume on Monster or a job board, and I'm like, where? I don't even have a resume on LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, this, this is this is how this is, I'm gonna argue both sides of the fence here. Okay. Because I, I I can see for the record I see Nick's point of view, but to be fair, I want to argue both sides. Now, from the company standpoint, uh, we don't know if this recruiter is a employee of the ladders or if he. Well, he is. He He's is an, an employee a, of ladders. Oh, employee or or a contract? I mean, you never it know. It says recruiter of the ladders dot com, so they're representing themselves as an employee as the ladders. Oh. So whether you're on a contract, you're still rep- by law, you you're an employee. If you got a ladder's email address, you're an employee. Even though they want to call you a contractor, hey, they're an employee. Okay. All right, well, that shuts, that shoots that one down. Another one is, <laughs> another defense could be that um, maybe they saw, uh, they misread some information online and they were looking for, they did a search, a Google search for something, and uh, his name came up in relation to resume writing and this person did not read it properly. So it could have just been an innocent mistake on that case. And I say that because I know from a a former employee I used to work with that they sent an email to someone who was a Microsoft hater. Mm -hmm. That's the company I worked for at the time. Uh, Microsoft And and one of our contractors sent an email to someone who is a Microsoft hater, and he took that email and just made a big stink of it all in the blogosphere, and it was – uh, quite interesting. And I agree with that. Okay, now. But to but to Nick's point, and I am more, it's sort of hard to argue against it, but although I'm trying, um, it, it wouldn't take much to just to do a quick due diligence search. And if they just look, if they found his email address, they could have just went to Ask the Headhunter and saw that he had a number one selling book on Amazon, 
in multiple languages in different countries. I mean, it would take like a few seconds to do that. So I can sort of see his angst in getting this kind of form email because it seems sort of impersonal, especially to his argument where you're recruiting uh, for people who want six Are you jobs. over my training class for me now? <laughs> Gee, do you have a training class coming up, Karen? <laughs> No, I mean, seriously, that's exactly what I talk about. Training class in regards to personal love. You're right. I mean, let's get real, okay? Yeah. I mean, first off, you're talking about the most important aspect of a person's life, mm. your job. No, no, you. I know you're going to go say, no, the family's more important. i, I got to tell you, honey, I will bet you that your wife will never be around if, or, or she wouldn't be around for a very long time if you didn't have a job. Uh, love will go a long way, but you're probably right. Absolutely. <laughs> going out, and she kept coming home from a hard day of work, and all she kept seeing you was scratching your butt watching Oprah. I wouldn't be watching Oprah. I would be scratching my butt. But let's just say hypothetically, I'm sorry. So the most important part of what we define ourselves is our job. And recruiters will go ahead. And by the way, this one says, oh, your name came up in a conversation as a talented resume writer. Yes, it comes across as special. Oh, I mean, first off, first, that was a lie. Like, first of all, when they get me, they send me from Google, we saw your resume online. You did not see my resume online. My resume has a never, capital N-E-V-E-R, never, exclamation points behind all of that and in front, okay? Never been online. And I laugh when Google, I mean, and by the way, why would Google want to send me an invitation to work for them? Because you have a reputation for being a um, Google hater, an ethical recruiting person. But I'm a Google hater. But that's not always evident to people. I mean, if people listen to the podcast and heard you go on your rants about it, then they'll say, "Yeah." But you can't assume that every recruiter who wait, well, you can't assume that a recruiter who comes across your name is going to go through the due diligence of listening to every podcast. But I write about it. There's like more posts on so many public sites that I've written about being a Google hater. But if they come across your name as a recruiter, um, and that's all they see, they may say, okay, this is Karen. She's a recruiter. Uh, she's talking about her industry and whatever. Let me just give her an email real quick and see how she's doing. This, that's not always a good argument because you can't always expect a recruiter to do a 360-degree view of one person when they have so many wrecks to fill and so many people to talk to. Well, okay. So, well, then let's... I don't bet to Nick's case, I don't think that applies to his case at all. I mean, okay, first off, if you're not going to be looking for a resume writer and you're only looking for one person, then to pick up the phone and call the person is not that dang hard. I'm sorry. And number two, Dick, you said doing due diligence and research. And number three, don't lie in the email. There's the point I'm saying. Don't lie in the email. Number four, don't recruit the person in an email. You don't know who that person is, what that person wants. How about first off saying, hey, look, I may be interrupting your busy day. I didn't want to call you, but guess what? You know what? I, I heard about you. I, I heard that maybe you were connected in the industry. Maybe you might not be interested in the position, but maybe you know someone who is. Would you be willing to help me out? See how that is? It's a little bit more courteous, don't you think? Well, one thing I, I used to do was that I would cite where I found their information. Like I'll say, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn, no, or hey, I saw your resume. Here's the link that I found it on. This is why I'm contacting you because I found this information in this spot. What do you think? Can we talk? Yeah, well, but you wouldn't try to recruit them at that spot. I mean, that to me is also another excuse the expression, retarded recruiter move. 
Okay, it is like the behindest, slowest, dumbest recruiting move in ever. Uh, I wouldn't. It is. You don't the dumber things you can person. do. There's always some dumber you can do. No, that's one of them, okay? But you don't know the person. You don't know if the person wants to consider moving. You don't know if the person just got a raise, got promoted, got or if that person is going to leave the industry, whatever. And by the way, if that person says no, you know, you're going to go up and say, well, okay, uh, you said no, uh, but can you go ahead and help me with your friends? Okay, duh. So all that to say is, is best to, the first contact should be only to introduce yourself. You can ask them if they, you know, look, you might not be interested. Maybe you are. Let's get to know each other, find out if you might be interested, might not be interested, or if you have friends who will be. Say that from the beginning. Mm, yeah. It's honest. And guess what? It works. <laughs> you don't have to scream it. I'm sorry, I jumped up too. You should see me. I, see I know you did. I jumped about two feet. <laughs> At it's least. That, it's that Bayesian in me. It's the Caribbean in me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm on. I'm the island girl, you know? Yeah, I know. All right, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. We had an agenda, didn't we? I don't know, did we? I think so. I think I overran on that agenda, man. That's okay. That's okay. It was a good point, though. Because I, I, I know that a lot of producers use templates. I mean, but and I've used templates in my past as well. But the thing is, you have to adjust it for every situation. And you know what's so funny? Because I honestly did not think I was going to be compassionate. This was going to be a boring conversation. It's never boring with you, Karen. I realized that because I thought, okay, oh, this is not going to be. <laughs> I realized that because, seriously, I actually told Jim before we got on this call, I said, okay, I guess I'll be mellow on this one. Uh-huh. I mean, this really does. And I mean, and the part that gets me too, what? and I love what Nick was saying, though, you know, it's like he's, because he's not fond for job words at all. No. And I mean to. And I know that because I, I skimmed, I skimmed through some of his, his stuff prior to the call. But there's something that he discussed as well that I, I think I, actually he didn't hit too hard on that kind of got to me as well because now, for example, let's let people know, I do not use job words. I have had opportunities for free months on several of the big job boards because they keep trying to get me. Right. Okay, because I have written for so long that I am not an advocate for job boards. I will not use job boards. Do not believe in them. Oh, would you tell job seekers not to use a job board? I tell job my job seekers not to use job boards, yes. Why? Because of their privacy. It depends on what they put on their information. Um, yeah, but okay, whatever. There are sites you can go you know and... how it, easy it is for me to go ahead and... Let's see, okay, from a job seeker, okay, just, just put a job seeker hat on. If I were to put my resume on, on Monster, per, per se, and if I had um, issues about my privacy, then I would just be very selective of what I put on the resume. I would just put maybe my name, if, if that much, um, an email address, and instead of even, maybe not even listing the actual company, but say it's a Fortune 500 company that's dealing in X. Mm-hmm. So, or you can use sites like um, uh, used to be marketing Job Fox, which lets you to be, which allows the job seeker to be totally anonymous. And there's also a site called. Um, there should be more like that, by the way. There are a couple. Uh, right? And you got, do uh, you know about Emers, by the way? Yes, I heard. And there's a couple websites yeah that are out there def- definitely that are dedicated to help with the privacy of of candidates. But right. I still tell candidates that they should not consider doing it if they can avoid it. And I try to give them a little help as to a suggestion as what they can do to help present themselves. Okay, now what would you tell Josh to do if, if you, if you, besides putting their information in a... I teach them what recruiters do themselves. 
I mean, if I can't help the job seeker, especially to one thing I tell them to do is never tell a recruiter where they're looking. Ever, never, 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 never tell a candidate recruiter. If the recruiter says, "Well," which they always do, uh, please tell me where you're looking and who else you're interviewing with, so we don't duplicate your efforts. No, that's not why they're telling you that. You know why they're telling you that? It's so that they could go ahead and try to submit their candidates to those companies. Not every recruiter does that. There are some who sure, but not everyone. Some recruiters, let me argue back and forth, stop sticking your tongue out there. What, what some recruiters coming, uh, what some recruiters are doing by asking that question is that they want to make sure that they're not sending the it's same person. My, you know what? I tell, you know how I get around that? I, I know, but ask the question. If I, if I don't ask the question, let me tell you what I do. Uh, go ahead. It's very simple, and I tell the candidates they could do this. What? Hey, I got a job, and it's at Microsoft. No, you know what, Karen, thank you very much. I'm not interested. That's it. So from you, you, you rather tell a job seeker to say, hey, recruiter, tell me where you... Yeah, oh, they need to. I'll tell you if I need I want it. You must know where that recruiter is going to send you at all times before they send you because and take charge of your career because you don't want your resume to be sent out to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, especially to places you've already interviewed because it can hurt your chances. Be in control of your resume, your data, and your career. How many job seekers do that? Well, when they become educated, a lot do. But the majority of do not. No, because they don't become educated on this. Well, I have on my website um, some rules and stuff for candidates for them to try to buy by. I try to tell them. It's like I give them this kind of like your holy grail. This is ten things that you should know on how to protect yourself from unscrupulous recruiters. Recruiters are there to make money, and they're to make money on you. But they're also going to make as much money as they can. And that's all they worry about is making their quota. You mean they don't care about the job seeker? Many, there's some who do. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some, I am a good recruiter, and I like to believe I care for the job seeker. And that's why I train people on this as much as I can as well. And there's a lot of people out there, too, who I do think are ethical and are good recruiters. They are. So when I was going, I'm sorry for the ones I may have insulted, because there are some good ones. But unfortunately... We've got an industry that is easily penetrated. That all it needs takes for you to become a recruiter is a pocket full of quarters and a payphone. In fact, in this day and age, all you gotta do is go steal a cell phone and steal a, recru- a laptop, and you can call yourself a recruiter. Which goes back to one of our endless arguments back and forth about why uh, the recruiting industry is not regulated. I know it's one of your your pet peeves. I um, think it should be self-regulated. Self-regulated, yes, because you do have a, a negative reputation. People, a lot of people think that you want government to step in. No, and your argument is that government they're, should they're not, not step in; that we should self-regulate ourselves. Right. I'm t- my well, argument is that we're already they're already there. They're already stepping in. Okay, we just got classified. The, the employment industry last year was the considered the 14th worst or most complained about industry by the FTC last year. What number were we before that? We were like it. 300, and now we're at what? 14. We are a big hit. Yeah, <laughs> recruiting industry is a big hit, rather. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So so the thing, we're in the 300s, and I'm like, okay, so this is getting worse, and we know the radar is getting more and more on us, especially in regards to privacy. Mm. Well, I don't want government regulation. I don't want some <clears throat> idiot who doesn't know anything about how hard it is as a recruiter, and I'm saying the word idiot loosely, please, because they're not idiots, okay? I don't want some guy who knows nothing about recruiting and how hard it is a job to do to tell me how much paperwork I need to file every day. 
Yeah, I, I would hate to get into a, a paper trap like that. Yeah, and I, I mean, and it was. I mean, because we used to be regulated. A lot of recruiters don't know this indiv- industry used to be regulated. They think it'll never happen. Hey, and I, how long ago was that? That was before my time. Some states are still regulated. Really? Oh, it's in the 80s. Okay, the states that are regulated. Give me like, like a, give me a big picture view of what life would be like under a regulated recruiting industry. It depends on all different states. Some states say you have that paperwork and they still don't. It depends because some states aren't very stringent about it, but mm-hmm. um, New York and New Jersey, for example, were getting really strict. For example, a big one. In New York, or was that New Jersey? Please forgive me, I'm not sure. One of the above. One of the above. They said straight up, if you were to do a placement in their state, but you were not licensed in their state, and your client didn't want to pay you, you don't get paid. Ouch. Uh, hey, you Ouch. Know, to me that's like, and I think Nevada also is now doing that, had done that, and I know I think it was Wyoming that also did that. Right. See, there's a lot of states that said, hey, you know, you don't got a license in this state as a recruiter. You're not regulated in this state. You don't get paid, dude. Is that in relation to, like, unions? And, and, uh, no, what? no, nothing to do with unions. Another thing would be, for example, you go ahead and send a candidate out for a job interview. This is most states, by the way, now, right. okay? You send a candidate out for a job interview, and the job interview is not, the job does not exist. There's not really a job. Not only do you pay for the trip yourself, you have to pay for his time gone. You have to pay for all his expenses. Wait a minute. So it's like hiring a consultant in a sense or no, bringing a consultant no, on. If you had to pay his expenses. No, it's against, what I'm saying is it's against the law. A lot of people don't realize this. Okay, so wait a minute. Okay, let me, let me backtrack here because I can hear a lot of alarm bells going on in certain, in certain people's heads. Please. Okay, now say I have, um, let's call it a dummy rack. You don't where, have a dummy rack. Okay, you can't well, have dummy racks. Okay, well, let's just say if I did. Not then saying, I, okay, wait, 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 wait for it. All right, say I have a dummy rack, and I know that I'm always going to need people who fit uh, a certain qualification. Uh, I may not necessarily need them right this very moment, but nine times out of ten, I can always play somebody who is, say, a Java guru. So I'm always looking for Java gurus because I have stations all over the world, and I can always place them. Always need Java people, never going to have enough. Uh, I may not have one at this very moment, but I know I have one tomorrow or next week, just a matter of time. So I'm going to put up a dummy rag and always put out there that I'm looking to hire this person because I know at any, at any given time I'm going to be with, I'm going to have a need to hire them. So what's wrong with doing that? Because I know it's I'm going to have a need. It's fraudulent advertising. How's it fraudulent when I know I'm going to place them eventually? Because you don't have a job for it. You say, unless you say, uh, unless you're honest and say, hey, we may have a future need. Please send a resume for future needs. The job is not open now. If you say that, then it's not fraudulent. Oh. Here's the choice. You've got two options. Either don't do it or pay, put the truth on there. All right, so if I put up there that I, I'm looking for potential opportunities in the no, near future or oh, future opportunities. Future needs. future needs. Well, I have future needs. You know, my, and put I've things. never seen a job. I would like to see that, but I've never seen you that never before. You never have, and you probably never will because people are dishonest. But here's the right thing for candidates to know. Guess what? You just went on an interview and with a client, and the job really isn't open, and it's not going to be open for another couple months. Well, how the recruiter knew? See, like if I knew this and I didn't tell the candidate, I have sent candidates out on interviews when I said, look, the job is not going to be open for another couple of months, but they are looking at having candidates kind of come in and check it out. You know, it's up to you to decide if you want to interview. I've done that to candidates and told them the truth. But what happens is if you don't tell the candidate the truth and you've got the candidate going, the client then happens to slip it out or he overhears it or whatever. And guess what? 
you as a recruiter and you the company are both co-conspirators. How? Especially if you knew. Okay, now, now how often, well, one, how often does that happen? And for two, how could a job seeker even follow up on that if the recruiter doesn't make a mistake or that someone on the company well, site doesn't the mistake job seeker can, Okay, A, I don't know how often it happens. And for all the people who think, oh, well, you know, if you don't know, then it doesn't happen, uh, no. Because uh, I'm not going to go around telling everybody in the world that I got sued. Right. Not, a lawsuits are not public. A lot of this stuff will not become public, and because people are not going to go ahead and advertise it, and a lot of people settle. The reason they settle is because they would rather not have to pay the expense of legal fees. So what? How does what does that our job secret do? They do like what I just talked about. They contact the FTC and they contact the attorney generals and they contact the Better Business bureaus. That's how the FTC gets this information too, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they contact these associations because then they say, you know, I have a complaint. I don't know what to do. This seems like it really is was hokey. What happened here? What are my rights? Better Business Bureau, for example, in New York, it does have this information on their site regarding recruiters. They tell they have a nice little informative site on how to deal and what to do and where to work with recruiters in the state of New York. Really? Yes, they do. Send me a link to that because I like to post that. that. I like to post that on the blog post. Yeah, I mean, they had, I, I remember putting that on and people were laughing. I there was somebody who just like says I was finger wagging. I'm like, no. The reason they put this out is because there was enough concern and enough complaints for them to find out that, hey, out of all the industries in the world, hundreds and thousands, we need to educate recruit, um, our people how to deal with recruiters. How scary is this to a lot of recruiters, you think, listening to the podcast right now? I, you know, I get really concerned when people say that this scares them. Well, I mean, this, this is why I think it scares them. I think it scares them because they will have to learn a bunch of rules and regulations that they haven't done before. I think it's going to change the status quo. And if you are used to doing something, it's hard to change a habit. You know, here's the deal. If it appears to be wrong, it seems wrong, it seems like a lie, and it's not honest, then don't do it. Not everyone um, has that kind of radar, maybe. Oh, yes, we all. Or maybe they just don't know. We all have a Okay, like, like the example of the dummy wreck. I mean, I know people do that. I mean, I know for a fact people do that, but they, oh, don't, yeah. really, so that, it, it, but I, they don't really see it as being wrong. It's just that, well, that's how... Why, They've always done it or been taught that way. So. Here's a question. Why would bringing somebody in that was working in for an interview, having them risk their job, not be con- uh, something that would go up in your, in your mind as maybe this is unethical? Because some, pe- some, some people or some recruiters are so used to pushing papers around that they forget that those papers represent Our people. people, exactly. So here's the issue. So it, it may not, be, not necessarily be an unethical thing. It just could be just a, a total mindset they, that they're just set in because they've been doing a job so long. Well, okay, let me tell you, there's a very good friend of mine named George Lenard, and he had a comment to me that he made once before it was perfect. Mm. He said, you know, if something seems unethical, you could be guaranteed that there's going to be an attorney out there who's going to find a way to make it illegal. Because <laughs> that's where the money is, right? Oh, uh, and, well, and I've got to tell you right now, that's so true. If something seems unethical with the laws as being as old as they are or whatever, I'm sure that there's definitely a way to make sure that it's illegal. People, it's common sense. You know, think about it. you got a candidate, and 
and he's got a good job, and he's going to be you asking him to go to an interview across the street, and his boss happens to drive by and see his car out there, and the job by a chance just wasn't a real job, and the candidate loses his job. Guess what? You're hell liable for that. Yeah. It's common sense. You are responsible for your actions when you are dealing with people's lives. And, and people have to take that recognition and accept it. You want to be a good recruiter, then listen to your gut. If it seems wrong, if it doesn't play right, if it doesn't feel comfortable, how would you feel if this was happening to you? You know, kind of a do unto others kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Then you know what? Don't do it. And by the way, if you think that you might be okay with it, just remember that the majority of people is what you should gauge it by. All very good advice and definitely a lot of food for thought. If you have any questions or comments or uh, any kind of feedback whatsoever about the topics discussed here in the Recruiter's Lounge, feel free to give me a buzz or uh, Karen an email. I, I have to laugh. Okay, because he just buzzed me too. It's like, yes. <laughs> you can reach me at Jim Stroud at G-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D at JimStroud.com or Karen at JimStroud.com, and I will get put in one day very soon the RecruitersLounge.com addresses because those should have been switched a long time ago. Um, but uh, that's it for now. Uh, any last fleeting comments uh, yeah, in 30 seconds or less? Like, like I always say, just because you don't hear about the losses don't make they mean that they happen, okay? Yes. And my last comment would be, go see Iron Man, because it rocked. <laughs> but I digress. All right. <laughs> uh, until next time, uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, I'm Jim. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. Radio, radio, radio talent. Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.